Again, everyone, welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 58. Our guest is Red Wing General Manager Ken uh, Holland. So, without further ado, let's bring uh, Ken in and uh, get everything rolling. Ken, thanks for doing this. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Nice to be with you, Art. Uh, I guess the first thing that stands out is is that during your exit day, what I call exit day press conference. Uh, I brought up the question about overripe Red Wings, which was a term, and then you started laughing and saying, I got saddled with it because that's what Mike Babcock said. But the position the franchise is in now, uh, and I know it's not an exact science, and I always go back to what you told me about when you win a Stanley Cup, your best players have to be your best players, you got to stay injury free, you need a little bit of luck, and your goaltender has to stand on his head. Is there a principle now that you follow that's sort of similar to how to win a Stanley Cup when you are in a retooling phrase for this franchise? Well, I think the principle is uh, we're building with, with kids, uh, young players, um, and the decisions that we're making are based upon um, the young players that we're making decisions on at that point in time. So... Um, you know, I've been able to manage a team that's a Stanley Cup contender, and I think you know at, the, at that year-end press conference, somebody asked me the question too about, you know, where I'm going, you know, out scouting and doing right. things differently. You, you know, you you got to manage to your team, and when your team is a cup contender, uh, you got to be with your team. So when your team is not a cup contender, not a playoff contender, you're not with your team as much. You're out on the road with your you're with your staff, you're with your people looking towards the future of the franchise. And certainly, as uh, you and I speak today, it's about the future of the franchise. When I, you and I have known each other over 20 years, we've talked many, many times. Uh, the thing, I'm, it sounds weird, but I look at back at all the teams that, you know, that I've covered and all those great Red Wing teams and growing up as a boy in Detroit and how the teams were not very good. I feel almost excited and rejuvenated because I want to see what's next. I think the fan base feels that way, in, in an odd sense. Because you know, you, you're a, you know you're a Stanley Cup winning general manager. I mean, are you kind of reinvigorated with this task that that you're about to take on here? Yeah, I am. I'm looking forward to uh, building the foundation of a of a of a team that that we believe we hope will contend for a. Uh, a Stanley Cup somewhere down the road. It's going to take time, but certainly, you know, uh, I got lots of energy. I got lots of passion. We had a fabulous run for a long time. Feel very, very fortunate to have been a part of that uh, of that run. And like, you know, we talked again at the year-end press conference. In my mind, um, when we got when we lost out to Tampa Bay in five games in 2016, I think. Um, for the most part, not, and every decision, for the most part, most of the decisions that we make are about the future of the franchise, about, about building with young people. But, 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 but veterans are a part of that, too, because you need, you, need, you need to compete. You need veteran leadership. You need mentorship. You need role models for those young players in the locker room. So it's not about just throwing 20 young players in the locker room that have, have potential and believe that they're going to wake up in four years and have it all figured out on their own. They need uh, people in that locker room to uh, to guide them, to, to be role models, to be mentors. So, you know, it's, you're trying to build a team, and and but certainly uh, moving younger people onto our roster as we go every year 
is, is uh, critical and that's the plan. Yeah, one thing that was a common theme towards the end of the season was the fact is that as one goal games, that the Red Wings were in a lot, they were in 37 one goal games this year. They lost 14 outright and then 13 either in overtime or in, in a shootout, although your shootout record was great. You know, so 10, 14, and 13 in one goal games, you turn that around a little bit Am I being overly optimistic, or is this team closer maybe than their record indicates? Or is that, again, wishful thinking? You're talking to a lifelong Red Wing fan here, so I'm, I'm trying to always look towards what's, well, what I mean, do we grasp. Well, 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 well our, you know, <laughs> along the way, there's different things you're trying to accomplish. You know, like, and I think you're ta talking about trying to qualify for the playoffs. Right, right, exactly. Right. I mean, if you turn some of that around, at least... You're not as far back as you, you know, as maybe some people believe. You're at least close enough to be knocking on the door to the playoffs. Again. Yes. Well, I mean, certainly, I think, think that's what you're going to believe that we're closer than our record would indicate. Because what you said, we have 27 one-goal losses. Now, a one-goal loss, you need two goals to win. Right. It's, 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 you know, you, you got to get one more to tie, and you got to get one more right. to win. So right. you're not quite as close as you think. We got some, we've got some work to do. But I think, you know, what. What I'm happy about is that down the stretch, our guys competed to the finish line. We 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 were you know even in that through that I think we went nine eight or nine losses in a row in 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 uh, in March when we went out to California and into Boston and into Winnipeg and into Minnesota and we were playing all the elite teams in the national certainly in the Western Conference mm -hmm. and some of them in the Eastern Conference. Um, we played hard. We played. We there was a lot of one goal losses. Our guys uh, uh, fought till the end. I think that was important for the young players in our organization, um, on the team. Excuse me to to understand the importance of competing. Um, and at the same time, those were our playoff games. Those were the those were our playoff games for those young players in our organization to see what it's like to play the top teams in the league on an everyday basis. I mean, that's what a playoff series is. It's you're playing against a team. A in the top half of the league, every second game for two weeks, and then and then if you're able to get by that round, then you're playing a team in the top quarter, and you're in the final eight. You're, team, you're playing a team in the top quarter of the league every second day for for two weeks. So that was an opportunity for the Larkins, the the, the Athanasius, the Manthas, the Bertuzzi's, those four kids certainly um, to understand how hard the league is, how good you need to be. And the level that you got to play at consistently on an everyday basis in order to be one of those 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 teams. So um, I think I think the the, the 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 even though our record isn't very good, we did play hard, and you know as we as we went down the stretch, and we we won some games. We were we were getting offense. It wasn't just like the veterans were were providing the offense. We were getting Larkin was starting. He scored some goals down the stretch. Right. You know I think he, he had a real good year. And he's, he's, he's improved in so many areas, and certainly uh, he started to score some, uh, a few more goals down the last 20 games of the year, and, 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 and Mantha was producing some offense. So I think that it was a, uh, it was a positive finish to a very disappointing season, even we, though and I'm not talking record-wise. Right. I'm talking about what I think might have been accomplished for the future of, of, of the franchise. Wait, you know, you, I know going back to the exit interview or, or exit day or, or – Locker cleanout day, however you want to uh, call it, whatever you want to call it, you were, you, you know, you, you came right out and said, listen, 
we weren't good enough. We just weren't good enough. And somebody asked you about, are you going to have to bottom out? I don't know who it was. And you said, listen, we had like the fifth worst <laughs> record in the league. I mean, how, how much we... more bottoming out do you want us to do? <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, you know, well, I guess it's possible, yeah, yeah. but... Yeah. But you you kind of said, listen, I I'm kind of would like to draw that line in the sand right now and get and start yeah. and start to move up. I mean, I I completely I completely understood that. So um, let me ask you, let's switch because yeah. we'll, I know we'll yeah. go all over, but let's go to this draft lottery because yes. because you have an eight point five percent chance to win. Let's for all intents and purposes, Rasmus Dahlin. And then to be in the top three, it's 26.1% to get a top three pick, which by most accounts could be uh, uh, Evgeny Shvechnikov's brother, Andre, or yeah, or or maybe Brady Kachuk or Philip Zadina. I mean, there's some there's some really good players in, in, in this draft. From the way I read it, the first one through five or four through 15 are are going to be announced. And then they're going to wait a little while and then announce three, two, one, meaning that Dan Cleary is going to have to sit in a room for like three hours. Well, the way it works, last year uh, uh, we sent uh, Chris Draper and Sean Horkov. And Horkov was in the back room and I had Draper out front for the show. It's sort of mandatory to have one person there for the for the for the for the tv, TV show, show right. it's optional if you want to have somebody in the back room or not and in the back room whoever goes in to represent the team is it's you're sequestered they take your cell phone away obviously you can't pass out the information so they you walk in sean horkoff said he walks in the back room he gets a book uh, i think with a thousand numbers last year we were 7.5 so 75 numbers out of the thousand are attributed to the detroit red wings and then he got to watch the balls come up, and then what, you know, they do it. One ball comes up, and another ball comes up, and another ball comes up, and then you look and to see, and then obviously the first team is Jersey. And then last year, 13 went to 2, Philadelphia went from 13 to 2, and then 8 went to 3, uh, Dallas went, and we, we slid back because two teams behind us, uh, Philadelphia and Dallas, so we went from 7 back to 9. So once that's done in the back room, those people that are in the back room now, they, they, can no, they can't come out of that, out of that room until the TV show is over because obviously they, they know the information so they don't have any any technology to get the information out they're going to have TV in there they're, they're going to be able to watch the Stanley Cup playoff game that's that that's playing then after that they then obviously as we you, you saw Bill Daly right. go from 15 to 14 to 13 and they have the logos of each team the 15th pick in the draft is somebody and the 14th pick in the draft and then when they went to 13 Philadelphia wasn't there so you knew Philadelphia had moved from there to the top three once they're not in that slot you know oh, so you know they're a top three pick. yeah because they're because they're no longer in there right right right, right. okay they've been because you, you know we can be one two three we can't be four we, we can only be five six seven eight right so so at the end so then this year what they're doing art is last year was one TV show from 15 to one right. this year my understanding is before the game they're going from 15 down to six, six. 15 14 13 12 down to six and then they're stopping it, and then the top five, they're going to wait till the next, the first intermission, and then they're going to go five, four, three, two, one on the first intermission. So if you're a Red Wing fan, you definitely want to be part of the first intermission show. You, you sure do. You sure do. <laughs> <laughs> you sure do. Uh, yeah. When you look at this draft, and I don't want to spend too much time on them because I don't want to get everyone's hopes up, but everything you read, and if you go online today in the last couple of days, uh, it's all about Rasmus Dahlin, that he is a generational defenseman. Nick was here a couple of weeks ago for a game, Nick Lidstrom, and he said, listen, he's better than I was at 18, and, you know, but Nick's about as modest as they get. So I wasn't surprised by that comment, but is he the quote-unquote 
Connor McDavid of the blue line, that he is that defining, he is that good? He certainly appears to be a, spe a very special player. Um, and I, I, I would anticipate that uh, whoever, I think everybody's expecting he's going to go number one. But, but saying all that, Art, there is another group of players after that are, that are good players too. They're going to be good players in the NHL, and maybe not immediately, but, but a year from now. So it's a good draft. Um, but again, you're talking about number one. I think everybody in the, in the industry has Dallin probably number one, and I think it'll be a surprise if he's not selected number one. But the next group of players, and even beyond two, three, you know, the next group of five, there's another cluster of probably four, five, six players that are that are really close, and and uh, they're going to be good NHL players too. So it's uh, we're obviously going to be in that. The the latest we can pick is eight. I mean, if three teams go right. by us, we can go from five to eight. So we're picking in the top eight. Uh, obviously, then we got you know we got three picks right at the end of the first, early second between Vegas, Ottawa, and us. So um, you know, I, our scouts are out and about, and uh, it's 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 we think it's a deep draft, and uh, obviously it's an important draft. Then we have three third round picks, so we have lots of we've almost got. Two drafts and one here, Art. You know, mm -hmm. like right. we have two firsts, we have two early seconds, we got three thirds. So uh, obviously, this is a real important. Every draft is important, but this is this is another real important draft for the future of the Detroit Red Wings. When I look at it and, and try to explain this, because people you know don't believe me, this. Well, if they don't believe you, they're not going to believe me. Well, no, no, they'll believe, you know, well, <laughs> yeah, well maybe you yeah. can reinforce it, they'll yeah, believe yeah, both yeah, of us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but I, I guess my point being is, is that I try to explain this. This is just for the first round only. Yes. When the second round hits, you're, if, if everything just went according we to the way. You picked five. You picked five, right? So this is just yes. for the first yes. round. Yeah. After that, you might be eighth in the first round. From there on out, if you keep your selection, it would be the All, fifth in each round. Yes, every 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 following round, we get we're the fifth pick in the draft. Right, fifth pick in the second round, fifth pick in the third round, fifth pick in the fourth round. This is only the top three picks for the first round of the draft. You, you know, you have been innovative throughout your career. Uh, three on three overtime. There's you're always at, always trying to, you know, say hey maybe tinker the game for the better. Yeah. Do you like this draft lottery system? I mean, I've been in the general managers. I understand why we've got the draft lottery system. It's 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 so that down the stretch, teams are not rewarded for losing, and so it does that. Certainly, the the the, the draft lottery can anything be tweaked to be made a little bit better in life? Yeah, probably. I think most things, and but but I think for the most part. Uh, it's a good system. I think it's a, it's it's could, could it be tweaked a little bit, possibly. But I think at the end of the day, it does what it's supposed to do. So that down the stretch, there's no one, you know, whether whether you pick five or you pick six, it's eight point five, seven point five percent, six point five. You know, it's you're talking one percent, right. right? Right. You know, so down the stretch, down the stretch, I'm going to fall back to what I just had said here five minutes ago. Certainly, as we were down the stretch. It was important that we we win win some games, and that our young players contribute to that, and and we be competitive. You don't want to just all of a sudden at some point in time in the season say, well, there's no incentive to win. Right. Be, 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 you know, so so this system allows you to uh, not you're not re nobody's being rewarded for. for 
for for losing games. And there's also it, it, it's it's I think it's healthy and, and it's good for an organization down the stretch to try to try to certainly you want to evaluate down the stretch if you're out of it. You want to evaluate some young right. players. It's an opportunity. You know, you look at Major League Baseball when they get into the month of September. Right. Teams go up, they go up to a 40 man roster and they're playing lots of kids and they're looking at their future. Um, you know, our rules are, we've got an unlimited, you know, we, we do still have a cap, but you've got an, you don't have, you no longer have a, uh, a roster limit. Uh, so it's an opportunity to, uh, to, to, to watch some kids. Without revealing anything, does Ken Holland, will he maybe offer a plan how to tweak the lottery to make it better? <laughs> no, I got, I got, no, I'm good. I'm good. I, <laughs> you're, really, yeah, you're not going to march in and say, hey, look, no, no, no. how about if you get eight? Do you have a plan? <laughs> no, 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 uh, You looked at this team. It looks like you have some young forwards up and coming. You know, Rasmussen is tearing it up right now, but uh, I'm talking about guys on, on the parent club. One thing that you did say is we have to get younger on the blue line. When I looked, I just wrote th something for DetroitRedWings.com, and I looked at like 12 prospects that the Red Wings may draft with their number one pick, regardless of where it is, unless it's Darlene at number one. There seemed to be a quality of good puck-moving young defensemen in this draft. Do you agree with that assessment? And are you, without tipping your hat, I mean, depending on who's available, I understand that because there's some really good forwards too and guys that can really score some goals, is defense going to be the prime focus of the team for the draft this year? I mean, I guess what I'm trying to ask you is, is it the old thing? Best player available yeah. or need? Well, I think best player available, but certainly decisions that we've made in the past at the draft table have to have some impact on decisions we make in the future. So as an example, when a, you know, if you've drafted six five-foot-ten defensemen in the previous three drafts, you can't just keep drafting five-foot-ten defensemen and wake up and have uh, uh, you know, a whole organization full of of, of smallish puck moving defensemen. Right. You know, when you look at lots of teams, you know, they've got two or three smallish puck moving defensemen, but then they've got three, what I would call trees. You know, <laughs> right, you, you right. got to have some, you need, you, because there are some big forwards in the league and you got to have some people on your roster that can, that can, that can go against those to defend those, those big forwards. So, so I would say to you that, um, you know, We've drafted a lot of forwards and, and lots of wingers. You know, certainly Svechnikov's a winger, Bertuzzi's a winger, uh, Athanasiu's a winger, Mantha's a winger. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned Svechnikov, he's a winger. Right. Uh, Gino, uh, Giovanni Smith is a winger. So, uh, among other, among other, but we've, we've got a lot of, we got, we've drafted a lot of wingers, you know. Um, Certainly what we've tried to do here over the last couple of years, Chalowski's a first-round pick, Hironik's a second-round pick, Saryarvi's a third-round pick. Last year in the second round, Gustav Lindstrom is a third-round, right. a second-round, early second-round pick. Certainly rebuilding the back end is going to be uh, part of, 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 of critical importance to this, to this franchise. If you look at, uh, you know, now, when I said to you, we might draft a winger with our with our first pick. Right. I mean, if the if the best player on the board's a winger and we think he can be a thirty goal scorer, we're not going to pass on that because well, we got too many wingers. Right. Like you're you're still trying to get the best player available because because you're really building the team for three and four years from now versus it, it, and, and you've got time to if you've got an excess of one thing, you can move somebody to maybe get fill out another position. You know, so you, you they're, they're assets also. Um, but I, you know, between the the 
the two first, the two seconds, and the three thirds. You know, there's seven picks. We got four in the top 36. We got seven in the top 85. Um, feel pretty comfortable in saying that you know two or three of those guys are going to be are going to be defensemen. Um, you know, I you know somewhere along the line you want to keep. You know, we we've got some goalies. We've drafted some goalies. Um, you know, Caden Fulcher now has got. We draft. We we brought him to training camp last year as a as a as a training camp invite. Right. Sign him to a contract. He's a six foot four goaltender. He's playing real well. Hamilton's in the third round, up three games to nothing on Kingston. He's been a big. He's in the net every night. He's turning pro next year. Uh, you know, Pottelberg, Van Pottelberg in the fourth round a couple of years ago played in the Swiss. Uh, World Junior Team last year. He plays now in the Swiss League. Larson, who was a uh, uh, fifth-round pick or fourth or fifth-round pick, played this year in Tri-City of the um, in USHL. Ottawa, USHL. And he's going right. to go get a scholarship to American University. Petrozelliath. So we're you're going to keep drafting. So so certainly we do want to draft defensemen. Um, somewhere you got to you got to be strong down the middle and on the back end. You, you need to be strong down the middle and you got to be strong in defense. Obviously, you got to be strong in goal. And I guess I would say to you, we've used a lot of picks over the last number of years on wingers. So, so we, we we do feel pretty good about the wingers that we got in our organization. But if there's if there's a winger on the board that we think is going to be a, a, a front of the line winger that can score 30 goals and get get 60 70 points. We're obviously going to have to seriously consider taking. You know, years ago, when I was working at Fox Sports Detroit, I uh, I wrote a column that said you could lose half of your defensive core in a matter of two years. Rafalski retired a year earlier than I think anybody thought. Stewart wanted to go back home or go back out west, and then Nick, you almost lost half of your defensive core in a short period of time. Even if you planned for it, as you said, because it's kind of a crapshoot when you're, we're dealing with uh, 17, 18-year-old kids in the draft. Not that it set the organization back, but was there anything that could have been done? And I've always, always wanted to ask you this question. It just kind of popped into my head. That you could have done knowing full well that your defense was, you know, you were going to be losing some. I mean, Stewart was a second overall pick, I think. Yes, Nick was. obviously was a legend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in Rafalski really kind of came out of nowhere, but, you know, we saw what he still had left in the tank when he became a Red Wing after his days in Jersey. Uh, I, yeah, well, I, I, first off, I would say to you, you know, if you go back to 05, the 05 draft, and we took Kindle in the first round. Shortly thereafter, we took Brendan Smith in the first round. So we, we tried to use some draft picks. Yeah, you saw it coming. Yeah. Now, obviously, unfortunately, those players played in the league, um, but they weren't of the quality that, you, that you're talking about. You know, I think we... My last recollection was we, we, we had a lot of millions on the board when, when, when there was some free agent defensemen that were available, you know, shortly thereafter, and they chose to go, to go elsewhere, you know, tens, tens of millions of dollars. So, you know, we've been in there swinging, um, but the players that you're talking about, those are special, special right, players. Right. Special, I mean, you, and, and certainly Brad Stewart, we got him at a state. He was a number two overall. He was the defenseman of the year and or maybe three overall, but he's the defenseman of the year in, 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 in Canadian Major Junior Hockey, played on the World Junior Team. And we got him at a time in his career, probably when he was 27, 28, that he wasn't the defenseman that everybody thought he was going to be. And, and you know, when you're number two or three overall, you're expected you're going to run the power play and you're going to do certain things offensively. That's, that's the per I think that's the perception of most people in the industry. 
And and when when he became a really good number four for us, he paired up with right. Cronwell. He was a, he was a shot blocker. He was a penalty killer. Uh, he was physical. He caught a few people with their head down uh, in the in the in the run to the Stanley Cup Finals in 08 after we acquired him at the deadline for a second round draft pick. And I think he got to be really comfortable here because of the you know where he was in his career age wise right. and experience wise. And then Lister Murfalski ran the power play and Cronwell. Those three guys ran the power play and he didn't have to run the power play and he 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 could things he had a different role here so that's a that's that, that, that speaks a little bit about the draft sometimes we draft these people and we think they're gonna they're gonna fit this and they're gonna fit that and and they're they they they're not quite that you know the because you're you're, you're we're speculating you know we're, we're we're looking at 18 year old kids and we're looking at at, and, and we're trying to speculate and, and project as to what they're going to be in three and four, four years. And, and uh, so, so certainly the makeup of that defense had three really offensive guys, Rafalski, Lidstrom, and Cronwell in his prime. Right. Cronwell, I think, had 50 points two or three years out of the, in, in, a, in a three or four-year period. And Stewie was that rock, that big defensive defenseman that uh, made the other team keep keep their head up so we were trying to draft some people and there were some second round picks in there that and they just haven't panned out some of them have played in the league but they haven't had the impact that those those players that we're talking about but but those people are special so we're back at it we're back at it I mean we're we're like I said we've we've used some picks here the last couple of years we're going to use more picks here the next uh, two or three years and uh, certainly uh, um I signed some people to some contracts. I've got to honor those contracts. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to work my way through those contracts. But, but, but at the same time, those contracts on defense, for the most part, other than Dan DeKaiser, they're all one and two year deals. And they're going to provide some time here for the Chalowskis, the Heronics, the Lindstroms, whoever we pick this year, whether it's the guy in the top half of the first or in those three picks at late first, early second. The, we're going to have. We're going to. There's a, there's an opportunity here for to transition from older to younger. You know, I, I always get the uh, you know the criticism over the years of like you just love the Red Wings too much, so you don't you know you you wear the red and white glasses and you've got the blinders on. Yet, you know, we always hear contracts. You know, contracts, contracts, and yeah. you know, and I always say, look, you can look around the league. I think virtually every team in the National Hockey League may has a contract where the GM might say, eh, okay, maybe the term was a little long, me, but you know, but you yeah. can say that for everybody. Yeah. But when Dion Phaneuf was signed, that contract with by Toronto, yes. it was like, oh, seven years, all that money. He's never, he's been traded twice since yes. then. Yes, I mean, so I guess my point being is, is that. Where a team believes that they are, and if they feel that there is an asset that's going to help them on the Detroit Red Wings, I don't think contract really matters that much. Or am I crazy because they're thinking Detroit needs picks, or they're you know they're in a retooling phase right now. They might need some picks. We could use so and so, who's a veteran presence, does everything regardless. Blue line, you know. I mean, is, is I mean, is well, is Phaneuf a perfect example of, of of someone who thinks there was a contract? He's not a bad player. He never kind of lived up to 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 the initial hype in Calgary, but then the Canadian press just blew him up because he was a, a Canadian defenseman. And I don't want to get into that, but it's just my own opinion there. But I guess what I'm saying is, is that if Dion Phaneuf can be traded twice with that contract, can't anybody be traded? Yeah, and I and I, I would say to you, Art. First off, um, if, if you're when you're 
you're not going to sign every contract to be team friendly. <laughs> like, you're, like there's an agent out, out there that, that represents that player and there's 30 other teams and there's a competition. So as players get to certain stages of their careers, you know, they're 24, 25, 26, and free agency's looming on the, on the horizon, um, you can let those players go and not go into long-term contracts. And somebody would say, oh, that you'd be better off. Well, that's, that's after the fact. That's, right. it, it's easy after the fact. Exactly. I can do anything in life better after the fact. <laughs> Everybody trust can, me. right. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, easier after, it's, easy after the, it's easy after the fact. When you're sitting there and you've got to make a decision at that period in time based upon where your team is, are you trying to win? Are you trying to compete? You're trying to look at the competition. You're, you're seeing what's pushing through the system or not pushing through the system and how far it away. And then we all make decisions on these, on these contracts. And certainly I think when you sign some of these contracts there is an understanding even internally that you know maybe we did a little too much of this a little but but if you didn't somebody else is signing you're losing right. you're losing these players so 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 the reality is you, it's it's hard to think that every contract that you're going to sign that's got any term is going to be a team friendly contract there's going to have to be some player friendly contracts because of of of, of the things that we've uh, that we've talked about so you know I, again have uh, I think if you go to any manager in the league, myself included, would you like to have a mulligan or two here and there? Yeah, probably. I'd love to have a mulligan. But, you know, when when you go to the Masters golf tournament, they don't give you a mulligan on the first. You know, it's professional golf. This is professional hockey. We don't get mulligans. This isn't a fantasy league where you can, you know, you can drop. And I mean, I'm, I'm not in a fantasy league, but where you, whatever they do. You get three moves a week. Yeah, you get all the you drops and play, whatever you do. We don't get all that. We don't get all that. So, so again, have I, you know, would, would, have I done everything perfect? No. I haven't done everything perfect. You know, you're trying to make way more right decisions than you are wrong decisions. But but if you're not, if you're going to sign people, you're going to make trades, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Somewhere along the line, you're going to make a move that doesn't work out the way you want it to work out. Um, I think that's just the reality of, of, of professional sports. Yeah, I understood. You said, listen, we're not in the overripe business anymore. And yeah. again, and I, yeah. I still loved it. That was not me who said that, no. although it's attributed to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's look at some of these young defensemen. You know, Joe Hicketts has caught everybody's eye because he's five foot eight. Yes. You know, he's an unrestricted. Been told us you sign him as unrestricted free yes. agent. He was not yeah. drafted. Uh, everybody and their brother has always told him no, 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 no. Every and what does he do? He's like captain of Canada's national teams. He just seems to get it done. Yes. Get the job done. Um, I know he didn't play very much, but the stat I love is he, he led the Red Wings in plus-minus this year at plus-five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he appears to – let's put it this way. He's going to do everything he can to be a Red Winger, die yes. trying. Yeah. You know, so he's got that attitude. He's got that heart. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got the chip on his shoulder. Philip Ronick played very well last year in development camp, was the talk of development camp. Uh, and, and then maybe pro, you know prospects tournament training yeah, he camp. Had a, he, no, he had a tough one. He yep. had a tough one exactly. But now he's had a real nice year. Yeah, a nice year in the AHL. Is here a guy that you look at? And maybe with Hicketts and, and sorry, RV and some some of the younger D men saying if we're going to get younger, some of these guys are going to have to play next season or at least. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean to. you know, my thing is we're going as we're going through this summertime here. We're planning for training camp. And the, and, and the team that we're going to, you know, the 23-man the roster that we're going to announce on whatever, October 3rd or 4th, you know, the day before the season starts, um, I'm hoping one and maybe two of these, you know, Hicketts, Chalowski, Sulak, Hironik, 
Um, you know, maybe the, 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 the our first round, high first round draft pick, if it's a defenseman, we're going to go to training camp, and I'm hoping that uh, and planning that one of them and maybe two of them are going to be on the team. Now, they they got to be on the team because you know they've they've earned it, and they're there not because their passport says they're young, and right. we're just trying to push some young people on the on the because at the end of the day, that's going to hurt that those young those young players. So, but certainly if they come in, uh, Art. And they play good in preseason, in the in, in the in the, and it's not only you know it's like we look at a body of work. You right. know, and you brought up Rasmussen earlier. Certainly, we're very aware of what he's accomplishing in in the Western Hockey League playoffs. That's part of his resume that he brings to that he brings to to, to Traverse City in September, and that's that's a factor. So so certainly Heronic was on the uh, American Hockey League all-rookie team. Right. That's 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 very impressive, and that has to that. So so as you go along, if a guy has a bad preseason game or two, or you, you get into the season, the better the, the bigger your resume, the longer the leash that the, the more time you're going to have to find your game. Versus if you don't have a resume and you have a good game, like. Because we only have a we only have three weeks there to piece a team together, but but I want to go younger. I want us to get better. Um, certainly, part of getting better has to be younger, and these younger people uh, are put in are, are on our team, and they're going to make us they're going to make us better. And I'm hoping that that these these young defensemen that I've just mentioned, I'm hoping that one or two of them are going to be on the team to start the year, if not on the team to start the year, like pretty quick. Maybe they've kind of had a bit of an off training camp and they got off to a sluggish start and they just need a little bit of a period of time. Yeah, you want them knocking the on the door. Yeah, yeah. Went, you know, that's certainly the message. When we go through the exit interviews and I meet all these people when Grand Rapids is eliminated, that's the message. And then we're going to have our development camp here in uh, uh, June 26th to June 30th in the Belfort Center. And when we when we, when we we meet with all those young people, those young players, Sean Horkov and, and myself and... Uh, whoever Ryan Mar whoever's sitting in the interview, you know the message to them is especially that 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 guy that's in the, the that we pick with pick one one to eight is you you want to come in right from day one you have you have to have a big summer you got to do everything you can and we got to make decisions in three weeks but certainly we're a team that that we're in transition and especially on the back end. Uh, we want to go younger. We're we're looking to go younger. We think we've got some young people that are knocking on the door. And are they ready to take the job in in October? We're hoping. We're hoping. But if not, right away on October the fourth, maybe a month in. Maybe they just need to go spend a little bit of time in the American League, and and then they come up. But certainly, going younger on the back end um, over the next year is is a direction that we're heading. You know, I, I'm not Hickett's obsessed, but I, I want to ask you one more question about him because yeah. is it time for maybe Detroit fans, when they look at him, just in stature alone, to not think he's automatically going to be Tory Krug? Because Krug is from here, from Livonia, played for Michigan State. They might have the same height, 5'8", or whatever, but they're actually different players. I mean, to go in and think that he's going to be Tory Krug, or am I wrong? I mean, does he almost have to be Tory Krug, who's exceptional quarterbacking a power play, to really have a legitimate shot? Um, I'm, I'm with you. They're probably different. I mean, obviously, they're different people. They're different. Right. They're different players. You know, the reason you love Joe Hicketts, we all love Joe Hicketts, is first off, he's five foot eight, but he's not five foot eight. 
he's 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 all heart he's he's all compete he's all will he's he's he plays way way bigger than his size he blocks shots he gets in the lane so you know i don't know that he's you know tory krug obviously is 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 developed into a tremendous player in Boston, then he gets, I think, at 50, 55 points this year and is running their power play. Now, I don't know how old Tory is. Is he 26, 27, Yeah, I think right around so, there, yeah. You know, Joe Hicketts is 20. This is second-year pro, so he's 21. Sometime in 2018, he's going to turn 22. Um, so Joe is a little bit of a different player. Joe probably, I'm not sure that Joe has got, um, but, but, you know, Tory, in order to play in the National Hockey League, got a lot of will a lot of determination he's really he's really competitive he's mm -hmm. he goes into the, th that's what you got those are ingredients that you have to have when every battle that you go into you're giving up three to six inches and 20 to 40 pounds you know that's that's what five foot eight five foot nine defensemen do they're going into every battle and they're giving up uh you know a weight they're giving up a lot of weight and they're giving up a lot of a lot of reach and so in order to win those battles they got to have will determination passion uh they're com they're competitive they've got to have some instincts and some tricks to defend and also to 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 play offense and i i would say to you that uh um Joe Hicketts is, has has all those things. You know, you you, you love him. I'm sure the fans in uh, in Grand Rapids love watching him every night. I mean, he gives you he he sends people that are way bigger in the corner. They sends them. They're knocking him over. He's knocking them over. He's he's in a he's in a battle. He's competitive and and, and certainly uh, he brings and, and he loves he loves the game of hockey. Um, he loves life and he brings a positive attitude to the locker room every day. And it's that's that's also an important off the ice ingredient when you're when you're team building so certainly i'm aware of all those ingredients and as we go to training camp i know that he's bringing some ingredients to the team that are going to be important for a team occasionally he's high risk but high reward too he takes chances yeah 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 but i, I think that's why they're in the american league is to, to learn that <laughs> you know i mean obviously we got up here and he did lots of good things and you know they turned the puck over a little bit you know you know i, I had a i had a conversation with a young defenseman in grand rap and we were we, the grand Rapids was in manitoba on uh Saturday, Sunday, and after the game on Sunday, and I just, you know, talked about exactly what you're talking about. You know, when you're playing Bantam and Midget, you know, you can exchange chances because, you know, you're, you're going to get chances. And if you give up a scoring chance, you're going to get a scoring chance because you're talking about, and, and as you start to go up from, from Midget to Junior, it gets a little harder. And then you go to the American League and at the NHL, and, and not only does it get, get harder to get chances, when you do make a big mistake, the other team can really make you pay. Right. So it, it, that's, that's why some, some players need, they need, especially on defense, especially on defense. I mean, that's the last line of defense before the goaltender. Um, if they have a wrong read, if they turn the wrong way, if they if they're high risk with the puck, if they turn the puck over, it leads to scoring chances, and scoring chances lead to goals against. And goals against lead to obviously uh, makes it hard to win. So, but but that's that's what they're that's right. what they're learning. That's right. what that's what these players are learning at the American League level. And then we, when we get them up here, that's that's the things that they they they, they the trial and error. And that's why you, some sometimes you might lose some games while these young players are are figuring out. How, how they have to play to be successful. Uh, one more question. I know where the draft philosophy is, and, and, and you've explained that. Again, as I said earlier, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, if the Red Wings win the lottery, I'm going to go on a stretch here and say he's probably going to be on a team next year. <laughs> you know me. I'm always willing to take the chance to yeah, say, yeah, you, yeah, know, yeah. you know, Captain Obvious right here. So yeah. he's on the team. 
and this is a difficult. Uh, and since there seem to be a lot of good quality, offensive-minded, puck-moving defensemen, and many of whom play a 200-foot game, by the way, uh, at least from in the, the, in this draft, in the draft, okay. in the scouting reports yes, that I've read, yes, you yes. know, I mean, I, I'm really into the draft heavy now, right now. Is it a possibility? I know you would like it, but is it unrealistic for anybody because Darlene is so good that if the Red Wings, let's say, draft. Let's say you, you're just in fifth position. Nothing yes. happens. Yep, you're just yep, in fifth, yep. uh, for sake of argument here. And you take a defenseman. Fans might say, "Well, okay, one five. I mean, this guy probably could make the Red Wings too." Is or do they have to temper it? With regardless, if you don't get Rasmus Dahlin, regardless of where you're drafting in that first lottery round, let's take a step back, people. This kid might need a little seasoning. Yeah, I mean. You know what? Our, let, let's just look at the last three or two or three or four drafts. I mean, right. you know, I I use the word guide and record book. You know, I look at the guide and record book right. to to answer lots of my questions about the, where the future is going. Right. I mean, it's, don't they say you know look at the, look at history right. and and certainly there's but you know so let's look at last year's draft and let's look at whoever was two three four last year and then let's look at the previous draft two three four five at the you know just look at the last three drafts two three four five two three four five two three four because I think you said if we don't fall and we get the fifth pick in the draft can that player step right in well just and I don't even have I mean we're I don't have it in front of me but right. I there's probably I know number two last year played uh, in Philadelphia in the you know number one played in New Jersey number two played in Philadelphia uh, I know two or three years ago Columbus took uh, the year that Liney and, and Pugliarvi went two and four Dubois was three he went back to play one more year in Quebec at pick three and now he's a real player on on, right. on, on on the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's a really good young player. He's 19 years of age, but he did, after his draft year, picking third overall, went back and played one more year a junior. So, you know, I would say to you, you know, between picks two and five and six, there's a chance that a couple of them might, might, might go directly from the draft table onto the NHL roster. And... Some of them might have to go back for a year, just like just like just like Rasmus, uh, Rasmus did. But I think, you know, when you, the draft provides hope, right, right. That's it provides hope, and everybody's looking for immediate um, uh, results. And I think at the end of the day, we got to make sure that we we. My job is to make sure I protect these young people and get them here when they're ready, because. You know, the National Hockey League is not a development league. It's a competitive league where teams right. are trying to win hockey games. And you put, you know, you, these young, part, part of being a great athlete is confidence. And when you have athletes, I don't, just look at all these other sports, right. even, and even established athletes, when they lose their confidence, they're not the same athlete. So, you know, and all of a sudden you're, you, you don't have the confidence to, to, to do the things. You know, when you're 18, 19 years of age, you get up here, you know, you're, you're trying to win games and you, the coach, they can't afford to have turnovers and, and this and that. And all of a sudden you lose your confidence. Right. Now you got to send these people back and then they've got to start the process all over again. So, so you know, can, can, if, if we pick two to five, two to six, could that player make our team uh, right from the draft table? I think that one or two of those players are going to going to start out on the NHL roster beyond beyond Dalene. I, I I think I think there's some players there. Now are they just going to play nine games and then go back or are they going to make it all year? 
you know, it's not an exact science. That's what the that's why the nine games is there. So you can take right, these right, players right. for a bit of a of a test test drive, test run, and give them an opportunity and let them let them uh, latch onto a job. And if they're not ready to latch on a job, then you send them back to. Uh, to, to, to junior or to Europe, and they, they go continue to develop uh, into the players that, that you believe they're going to be. Uh, Michael Rasmussen, uh, number one pick last year, uh, very serious young man. Yeah, I, yes. I, I try to get him to laugh a couple of times, and I actually... He doesn't would, do a lot of laughing. Yeah, no, he does not do a lot of laughing. No. <laughs> not like you he's and very, me. He's very serious. He, yeah, he is very serious. This year for Tri-Cities in 47 games, because he had wrist surgery, yes. and he elected, this goes to show you how serious he is about making the Red Wings next year. He decided to have this surgery in the middle of the season so he could rehab, get ready for playoffs, and then be able to yeah. hit the gym and concentrate on becoming a Red Wing. He yes. could have elected to Go have it here. in the summer, right, yeah. but he didn't. Yeah. Uh, so 47 games played, 59 points, 31 goals. So far in the playoffs in 11 games played, 29 points, 14 goals, 15 assists, only two penalty minutes. I mean, and I know from talking to him, and he's been on the Red and White Authority. He's been on this podcast. I can't see him not making the team next year. I, I you know, that's just me again. You know, and yeah. I, you know, and again, you know, I'm I'm very optimistic. Yeah, you know, yeah, optimism yeah. is my middle name at times, yeah. but. Tell us about Rasmussen. Is he exceeding your expectations right now, or is he about where he's at? Because I believe, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I thought that he stayed in Detroit through the entire preseason last year. I think many of us were under the assumption he was going to be sent back to Tri-Cities before that, before the nine uh, preseason games were over. And he played in the ninth preseason yes, game. Yes, yeah. Well, uh, or eighth. Or played, eighth, right, yeah. right. Yeah, but what ended yeah, up eight. happening, Art, is... Uh, you know, he came to Traverse City. I mean, he was drafted. He came to Traverse City to the prospect tournament. Thought he played okay. Uh, it's a tough tournament. It's a tough tournament, Traverse City, for first-year 18-year-old kids. And then he played a preseason game. I think he scored. You know, and he was a first-round pick. He's ninth overall. You want him to play a game or two. And then, you know, he played a game. He scored a goal. I think he played five or six games. Right. He scored four or five goals. Yeah, four goals. Four I goals in five games. Right. So we kept him right till the end, and then we sent him sent him back. And as, as, as he got into preseason... Um, he didn't look out of place, and now obviously half those rosters are American League rosters, half are those NHL rosters. Not all NHL rosters, right, right. so it's half American League and half NHL up until maybe the last game or two, and then it starts to become uh, major league major league rosters. But he didn't look out of place, and we as we went along, we felt you know let's keep them all a preseason, and ultimately we made a decision to send him back. Uh, just can play more ice. He can play more minutes. He, more important, let him to continue to develop. He's still a young guy. Uh, I think he had a really good season. Um, obviously, he was derailed at Christmas time. He went down for about f a month, four, five, six weeks with the uh, with the with the wrist surgery. And obviously, he's having a, a massive uh, a massive playoffs. Um, you know, what do we? You know, is your? He's a big player with skill. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find big people. You know, when I say big, I mean six foot five, 225, 230, 35. He's a big guy. So, you know, he's, you know, he's a big man with skill. He can play center. Uh, if, if he, he can obviously play left wing. He's going to be really good down low. Um, he's really good on the power play. He gets lots of points on the power play. He's a net front presence on the power play. Uh, he can set up. Obviously, you're not going to move that guy from the front of the net. So um, we did a lot of research. We knew he was going to be the captain uh, of, uh, of Tri-Cities. 
Um, we knew he's got. We we believe he's got leadership qualities. We 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 know he's very serious about his his. Uh, his craft, his profession, right? His yeah. profession. He's very serious. Right. He's a very serious young man about his profession, and those are all the reasons why um, we we decided to, to to take him with the ninth pick in the draft. And there was other good players on the draft. I mean, and and, and you hope that or not, you, you might look back and there's lots of good players on that draft. But we just felt that to get a guy. That, that, that can play center, can play wing. He's got hands, he's got hockey sense. Um, he's big, he can protect the puck down low. These are dimensions that are important when you build a team to try to be a playoff team. And certainly the goal here is to build a team that can, can, is going to be good, it's going to be young, and it can get in the playoffs, and it can go on a playoff run. And as, as, and as we're obviously watching Stanley Cup playoffs uh, on a night-to-night basis and we're not part of it, you know, you can see how physical it is. I went to right. Grand Rapids and watched Manitoba. It was, it was really physical. It was right. heavy. It was hard. And the more big people that you can have on your roster with skill. Now, obviously, you need some smaller people that can dart around. You need different dimensions. Right, right. But certainly, we felt it was an opportunity in this draft to, to draft a big guy with some skill that would bring us some dimensions that we think are going to be important to a, to a team down the road that wants to, tr- to try to go on, uh, on playoff runs. I'm not going to repeat the hand-eye coordination or tip drill that I saw Rasmussen do a few times. But, you know, the the old stereotype is is guys that are big or tall or whatever. They're lanky. They're not that coordinated. You know, it takes some time to grow into their body, let's say, their coordination. Yet, his hand-eye coordination seems to be extraordinary. I, I, is that rare for a man his size, or are you, is that just part of what the you know what kids are doing these yeah, days? Yeah, well, a little of both. A little of both. I think that's what kids are doing these days. But it, but certainly it's rare to have somebody that big to have that to to, to be. To, to, it's amazing. To, to it be, truly to be, is amazing to, to watch. Coordinated him. and uh, um, you know I think. Uh, you know, I, I think that's why we drafted him. I mean, that's, right. that's why our scouts liked him. I mean, we obviously had all those conversations. You know, you, you know, there's the world under 18 going on, and, and really, when once the world under 18 is over, you know, now it's teams are starting to gear up for their final meetings, and there's still you know, maybe the finals in the West, the finals in the Quebec, and the finals in the Ontario League. But and you watch a little bit, but mo- but you know, if last year, you know, once we start to our year in meetings, and then you go to the um, the NHL Combine, and right. we in, we interviewed we interviewed them, and you do all your checking, and our, our area scouts are, you know, you're they're talking to coaches and people around them, and trying to do all the research that they can. Uh, we felt we were getting a player with really good character that was really serious about his craft, that had was going to be the captain of his team at the age of 18, um, and he's six foot five, and to, the, to your point, he's got he's got hands and hockey sense, and he's got he's got he's right. got he's got. Uh, uh, hand-eye coordination, and and uh, um, you know he's a centerman. He can, we think he can play center, but we also think he can play left wing. So as we go forward here over the next two or three years, it, the the more players you can have that can play different positions, it's it's a strength. And he's a big man that we think can play center or or, or left wing. So uh, the players today are more talented than ever. They have to be right. with the equipment and the education and all the and all the technology and all the, the the strength coaches and the and the everything that goes on. And even before you draft these players now, these agents have these camps for their underage kids for two and three years in advance, teaching them all the things that they've got to know to get ready for, for, for pro. So the younger these players today are more ready than they ever have been. Um, and 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 certainly Rasmussen. Is, uh, is 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 part of that generation. 
when uh, I, I wanted to ask you, Rasmussen, because of the uh, of the rules, if he. And we saw this with Dylan Larkin too. I, you know, I'm going to no. jump around because I, I, I know I, I can talk to you forever, as you very well know. And we how long is your how long is your podcast? Well, as long as I want. Oh. As long as <laughs> actually, in this point, as long as you want okay, it to be. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, Rasmussen Larkin. Rasmussen. So we saw Larkin, who's a natural center, wanted to play center, yep. kind of had to learn the NHL a little bit on the wing. Yes. Is is that the same? Because if, if he ma- he's going to make the, roughly the same age Larkin made the Red Wings, yes. which is almost unheard of. Because you know, because yes. again, I, I'm going to say one more time, and then forgive me. Overripe philosophy that the, the franchise had at times. Yes. So I, I know you didn't see, you didn't coin that, Ken. Well, but, I did, but it was in it was in the back room. Well, and, right, right. And, 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 and Bab, somebody Bab, made it public. Bab, Babs took it out to the to the public, yeah, to, <laughs> right, right, to, to the media. But anyways, right, right, okay, right. Uh, the, the over the overripe. Play. But yeah, you know, I, you know, the question is going to be: Can he be center? Can he be a left wing? Right, but is, is he going to have to learn maybe how the game a little bit or the NHL game at wing as opposed to center? Well. When you play center in the National Hockey League, there's way more responsibilities. Obviously, right? You've right. got to win face-offs. Right. You, you're responsible down low. You're, you're going to work with the two defensemen down low and in front of the net. There, the, then you've got to be available when there's a puck. You've got to be available to get the puck to be involved in, 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 in transitioning your team to the offensive zone. Wingers, wingers, obviously, for the most part, they're going to come down. Their responsibilities are reduced. They're going to be, you know, they're going to cover the points. They're going to be on the top half from the top of the circles. They're going to be in the top half of the defensive zone. They've obviously got defensive responsibilities, but not as much defensive responsibility as the center iceman does. Uh, when you get in the offensive zone, the wingers have got a little more free reign to, to, to run to go, and the center's got to make sure that 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 he's the third guy coming back, right. and and he can go down, but there's somebody that's supporting him. Well, these are all things that they 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 learn to read. So, you know, when Larkin turned pro, um, and we put him in the National Hockey League, we put him on left wing for for I think most of that year, but he was right. with Zetterberg. And, and, and Zetterberg had all those responsibilities we talked about, and it freed up Dylan just to play hockey. Right. Just to play hockey as he normally was. He was a 17, 18, 19 year old. Just go play hockey. Right. And certainly as we go, and he had to learn some responsibilities. And, and it's, so the same situation is going to be, you know, can you, can you go right from playing junior to playing center in the National Hockey League? Possibly, possibly, but it's an easier transition for him if we put him on left wing and we take some of the responsibilities away. So, you know, we'll assess that in September in training camp. I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, Jeff Blaschel, you know, he'll probably play, I would think, six or seven preseason games. And, and uh, whether he plays them on left, you know, on left wing with, you know, obviously we've got Nielsen, Larkin, and Zetterberg right now. Does he, does, do we move somebody to the wing and move, move him in the middle? Or does he start out on left wing and, and the plan being that he eventually works his way into the middle That'll that'll be all kind of play itself out in September, October, November, December, but 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 from a from from an organizational standpoint, the reason that you put you might put a young player who is a center iceman on the wing, is to make their transition to pro hockey easier on that player, less right. responsibility. Well, and because of the way the rules are in the AHL, if he does not make the Red Wings next year, NHL. Or, 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 or yes, in it's, the N- it's the NHL CHL agreement. Okay, so he has to go back to junior, yes. right? He has to be twenty to play in he the cannot AHL. Play in the American League next year. He can't play in the American until League. his junior year team is done. Right. So okay, till his junior team is done. So consequently, and he's in the Western Conference in the, the yes. Western League. He's in. Yep. He's in their conference final. Yep. 
as soon as his team's eliminated, he's going to go to Grand Rapids. Yes. Todd Nelson said that he's going to play second because they have they're banged up. The, the yep. Griffins are at center. That he's going to play second line. He's he's going to be a, a second line center. I'm sure going to see power play time. So consequently. Let's say if everything works out well, and from a Red Wing perspective, he they win the Calder Cup again. He's instrumental for whatever reason. He doesn't make the team next they, year. They, He's back. Art, Art, Grand Rapids has won one game. You've got him winning the Calder Cup. Like, you know, I, I, I know you're excited. I, 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 you're excited. I, 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 They've only won one game. Like there's there's. There's two months to go. You're, you're, you're all revved up. He can play yeah, in the yeah, AHL yeah, playoffs yeah, this year yeah, and still yeah. end up in junior next year. Yes, that's right. That is correct. Yes, yeah. So, okay. I mean, obviously, I, I'm rooting for, for you know, I played junior hockey. I played with the Medicine Hat Tigers for two years. I know, you know, you'd love to go to the Memorial Cup. Right. You'd love to win the Western Hockey League Championship and go represent your league in the Memorial Cup. I mean, that's the junior showcase. So, you know, they're down two games to one uh, to Everett. Game, game four is Wednesday night. Uh, and... You know he's the captain of the team. He wants to. He wants to. He wants to lead his team, right. be a big part of his team, going on a run. And so I'm rooting for him. And certainly the fallback position would be if if Grand Rapids happens to play longer than they do, and 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 he's and even if he goes to the next round, you know, and they beat Everett and they go to the the finals, and if Grand Rapids continues to play, the Memorial Cup ends. Uh, late May, the Calder Cup finals are really usually probably the first two weeks of June. Right. So you you could almost go to the Memorial. I mean, somebody could go play in the Memorial Cup and then go play in the Calder Cup finals if you happen to be on the, one of the two teams that are in the Calder Cup, the Calder Cup finals. But yes, certainly he could end up playing uh, a number of games. You know, Tyler Bertuzzi, mm -hmm. after we drafted him, I think two years two years in a row. He went and played games for Grand Rapids after his junior year, and then he and then he went back and played the next year in one year for sure, one one more year in uh, in, uh, in 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 Guelph, and 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 every year Tyler Bertuzzi always had a big playoff whenever he went to Grand right. Rapids, even even when he left from when he was still at junior eligibility, and 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 uh, certainly it was great experience for Tyler Bertuzzi. So so certainly that that is you know Chalowski's done junior, but certainly Rasmussen is a, is is a player that as we go to training camp next year under the terms of the National Hockey League and the Canadian Hockey League junior agreement that 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 signed. Um, if a player doesn't play on your NHL roster, he has to go back and play uh, play in junior hockey, and that's certainly something that we are aware of as we go to training camp in September. Uh, and for a question about Chalowski, Then, I, in, in our remaining minutes, I want to talk about the about the big club. Yeah. Uh, but Chalowski, he's either a Red Wing or a Griffin next year. Yes, yeah, he's turning. He's a pro. Right. He's so he, he's he's turning pro. So. Uh, yeah. uh, he had a really he had a really nice year. Real real happy. I mean. Uh, yeah, obviously we drafted him with the twentieth pick in the draft year that we went back a few picks and with Phoenix and and and, and uh, the whole Pavel Datsuk. Yeah, and we also got Philip Peronic. Like we got an extra second round draft right. pick in that deal. So looks, if you don't go back four picks, you don't have Heronic. You know, like so by going back four picks, we did get Chalowski. We al we also added Heronic and two young defensemen. And we added some. We used the cap space on. Uh, on France Nielsen, who's been a real good uh, two-way center iceman for us. So, uh, um, in Chalowski's case, uh, you know, much like probably Heronic, Heronic had a really good year in, in Saginaw last year, and now he's turned turned pro and had a nice year. Chalowski, when we drafted him, he played a year of college, and we all talked. He made a decision to leave college and to go play junior hockey, 
And I know it was a difficult decision for him, and you never know if it's the right decision. Sometimes it's better to be in college, sometimes it's better to be in junior. I don't think there's one path that's better than the other. There's, there's different paths right, in life. Right. And I think as it, as it turned out, this, this, this decision turned out to be a decision, a good decision for, uh, for um, Chalowski, Dennis. And he had, what, 65, 68, 60. He had, he had high 60 points. Right. He was a good plus player. He got traded from a, from a non-playoff team, Prince George, to, to Portland. They went to the second round of the playoffs. He had a nice year. He had a really good year. We like him. He, when we drafted him, he was 175 pounds. Sean Horkov has done a great job with him in, in a couple of off-seasons and getting him from, uh, or one off-season, getting him from uh, 175 to about 195 pounds. So he's, he's physically stronger. He's got way more confidence and uh, certainly another guy that we're excited about. Uh, he's, he's, he's a good young player and um, believing and hoping he's going to show up uh, playing for the Detroit Red Wings here at some point in time. Well, yeah, he. Uh, I, I think the thing that, that you like about him, and I, you know, I, I call it the old Marty LaPointe test, is that when he was drafted and, you know, he, Red Wings kind of told him maybe what he might should do or whatever, and then Marty came into training camp and was, uh, and LaPointe tells this yeah. story, right? overweight and all this uh -huh. stuff, and Brian Murray said to him, what did you do? party your bonus away and he said yeah that's kind of exactly <laughs> what i did <laughs> no, no. so uh but but usually you would like to see them adhere to whatever yeah. you want them to do yeah you told chalowski to get bigger and stronger and he did he's done that he's right done that. Th then, that's that's an important message for us right exactly he's telling yes. you something yeah, absolutely too. he's absolutely I mean, those are the things that we look at you know certainly um, you know, a lot goes on behind the scenes. Certainly, when you're uh, when you're when you're out there, and I'm a fan of other sports, you, you know you know a piece of the of, of the information. Well, behind the scenes, we have more information, and 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 um, and and certainly in this in in, in uh, you know how hard they train, and some people train hard and they can't put on weight, and some you know so because of the way their the way their body their, right. their bodies, but but certainly in in Dennis's case, Chalowski's case, um, you know. When we drafted him and he came to the development camp that, that, that summer, now obviously he was a college player, so you know he came in for that sh short, brief period of time, and then he went back, and I think he went shortly there in August. He went to college, and mm -hmm. and because of the rules, you know, it's you have little less, a little less input, you know, a little less involvement, and then obviously when when he made the decision last year in March or this year in March or April a year ago a year ago that he was going to sign a contract and turn uh, turn pro then we were able to get a little more involved in uh, in the summer programming and Sean Horkoff right. could spend more time with them and and educate them and uh, to Dennis Chalowski's you know he 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 took all the advice and and he went to work and and and, and like I said uh, you know we're coming up now on just a couple months shy of two years since we drafted him, and in two years he's he's put on close to 20 pounds of of, of strength of, of muscle, which is uh, really important for a young player. Right. He and he he really obviously, as we said, has shown you something. I I want to look at it. Peers up front, except for maybe Rasmussen, and I'm sure a few other forwards in the system that I'm forgetting right now. Giovanni Smith, perhaps. Uh, Shvechnikov, obviously. Well, that's what I was going to say. You've got Shvechnikov who played up here. Uh, you know, Larkin, Mantha, Athanasiu, uh, Firk, and Bertuzzi. 
So it seems that a semblance of a core of forwards is starting to come together nicely for yeah. you. Um, are you happy with their development and where they're at? Do you expect each of them to keep progressing that, you know, the best is still to come? Well, I think so. I think, um, you know, you want to talk about individually or you want to talk about it as a group? Well, you know, I mean, I think as a group you're fine. Yeah. If you want to go individually... Well, I mean, because I mean, I mean, we'd want to be here till supper time. So, so you know, certainly in, in, in uh, um, Larkin's 22 in July. Like, he's still a, he's still a, young, right. a young player. And he had, what, 60-something points, 62, 63 points this year. So you got to be real. And he's playing center. He's moved in three years. He's gone from left wing to playing center. Uh, his point total's going up. Uh, way better defensively. Plays more minutes. Plays power play. Plays penalty killing. He's on the ice. He's become a really important part of the Detroit Red Wings. And he's not, he's not even 22 yet. He's still three months shy of 22. Um, Anthony Mantha had 24 goals and 24 assists, 48 points. And I think that because he had 80 goals as, as, as his last year of junior um, in 80 games, you know, people are some, you know, but, but, but that's junior hockey. Right, and, and, right. and then, and unfortunately for him, his first pro camp, he broke his leg. You remember right. he, he yes. was out for six weeks. He broke it in the rookie tournament. Now he doesn't come back to the middle of November. He's behind his first season. And I think... Most young players, you know, you and I have talked about this before, many young players, many young players think when they're leaving college or junior, they think the American League is a bit of a glorified junior league. And right, it's, right. It's, it's not. It's, 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 it's just a cut below. Other than the superstars in the NHL, it's a cut below. Many of those players, they're, they're on their way to the NHL, or they're, they're, they're up and down, they're depth players. The American League is a really tough league, and I, I don't know that... Junior players, college players, European players, until they get there, understand how difficult, how right. good. It's the second it, best pro league in the world, and best development league in the world. Right, exactly. Right. So, so you know, when, when you're when you're a young player like Matt, and you're in the middle of November, and you're behind, it's hard to catch up. Right. They think it's going to be easy. It's it's hard to catch up. Saying he had a tough first season, he took the adversity, he got in the gym, he worked harder, he got stronger. Uh, the next year he played half, what, half the year in Grand Rapids, and then, and then we called him up, and this year he followed up his third-year pro, 24 goals, 24 assists. Or, and, 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 uh, I mean, maybe, maybe the second year he had a good playoff run in the third year, but, he did, he but he's did. in a good place. He's 23 years right. of age. He, he had 24 goals, 48 points. Um, he's made great strides in a lot of different areas of his game, other than there's certainly goals and assists and points are the number one way that we evaluate forwards but but there's other things that go on you know cycling the puck and checking right. and not turning the puck over and and getting in in the forecheck and 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 those are other ways that you that 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 that, that players earn ice time the and he's he's made great strides in his three years right. to this uh, Athanasio is a really talented young player. He's a really talented young player. I think he had 18 goals. Unfortunately, this he had 15, but obviously he was held out, missed all the training camp. Right. It's, we the, were two, the, two the weeks into the season. Thing, yeah. And as a young player, I think it. So hopefully we can find a solution and and, uh, and, 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 and get him going from the get-go. Tyler Bertuzzi is a player that was the MVP of the Calder Cup champion Grand Rapids Griffins a year ago. Probably was two or three other players that also could have been in that conversation uh, he was selected by the, by, by the media, and, and, but had a great playoff. I think 19 points in 18 games or something. We were hoping that right from training camp he was going to state his case and we were going to put him on the team. I think the second, last game, he got into a fight. 
uh, ended up getting his finger in somebody's teeth. He got it infected, didn't realize till a week or 10 days after, and then they had to be on, on IVs for a good part of the summer. They played until June, it set him back. Then he came to camp and, and first preseason or game or second preseason game in Chicago, he gets hurt and he misses now another month. So he got up here Christmas time. I like Tyler Bertuzzi, he's a hockey player. He's got right, hockey right. sense, he's got hands. Um, we've decided, he, 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 we made him eligible to play in the Calder Cup playoffs this year. At the end of the season, we decided that between every year and when he was in, since he's drafted, we've always sent him into Grand Rapids. The playoffs had gone on playoff runs. Uh, he went one year to the Memorial Cup with 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 uh, Guelph his last year a junior. He's never really had a a real summer to really dig into the gym and spend a really good summer in the gym to get physically stronger. So we made a decision not to send him to the American League to Grand Rapids mm -hmm. and take a little bit of a vacation here and right around the first of May dig into the gym in all May, all June, all July, all of August, four good months in the gym, and we think that that's going to have him really prepared for next year uh, starting in uh, in training camp. Svechnikov had 50 points as a rookie in the American Hockey League a year ago, 20 goals, 30 assists, which is a lot of points. And then this year he came back, and he had a tough time up until Christmas time. And, you know, and the makeup of the team was a little bit different. He wasn't playing with some of the people. I think he started, the young player was squeezing his stick, and then he relaxed. He, had a, he played much better in the, uh, in the second half. We called him up to play 15 games uh, at, at the end of the year. He's big, he's strong, he's, got, he's got, got some hands, and he's got to figure out exactly the type of player that he needs to be. And we've got to educate him, the organization, the coaching staff, exactly how we want him to play for him to be an effective National Hockey League player. And obviously we're hoping that Grand Rapids can go on a bit of a playoff run, and he's going to be uh, an important, in, important piece of that. And we've talked about Rasmussen. So we've got, we've got, a, we've got a, a lot of forwards that are, say, 23 years of age and younger. You know, Bertuzzi, Svechnikov, Rasmussen, Athanasiu, Mantha, Larkin, and, 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 you know, Gia, and then we've got two or three, uh, you know, Dom Turgeon had a really right, nice year as a, you know, as a chance to be a bottom six forward center iceman. He's a good penalty killer. Uh, I don't know that there's going to be a ton of any of offense, but a really good checker, a good penalty killer, good stick. Um, had, had about 12, 13, 14 goals this year, was showing a little offense, had 90 points his last year in, in junior, but certainly I see him more as, guy, as, as, as a guy at the NHL level being uh, a guy that, that, that can kill penalties, can win face-offs, and good on the defensive side of the puck. You know, you got Giovanni Smith, and I don't might be one or two others that I've missed, but certainly we right. think that we've got a, a group of forwards that are, that are going to develop into... Um, a good group of forwards. Now you're always looking to add. You're always looking. Obviously, we got a whole lot of picks here this year. Four picks in the top 36 picks. You know, I would anticipate that one or two of them are going to be forwards, and one or two are going to be defensemen, or maybe three defensemen a forward, or one. You know, but but we're going to we're going to add to those group of players. And but certainly on defense, we 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 do have work to do. Uh, I'm going to jump around a little okay. bit, but I wanted to ask you real quickly. I know that uh, that Larkin 
Mantha. After to see you again, although he's arbitration eligible, I mean, you're going to get a deal done with him one way or another. Uh, uh, I think FERC, they're, they're all restricted free. Yeah, we talked, we forgot to talk about FERC. FERC shot alone, yes, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was real disappointed. He went into a little bit of a yeah, slump. Yeah. He seems to be a guy, again, and I think this is what you like about him, willing to do whatever it takes to, to, to He's got to a lot of will, team. a lot of determination. He hits the gym. He's in the gym. He's a pro. He's obviously got a weapon. He's got a shot, and I think early in the year, he had success with it and then the other team what this league does is they quickly try to neutralize you and then and then he didn't respond probably as quick and then you, again we right. back to he lost his confidence a little bit and then and then and when things don't go then maybe the coach has to go in some different direction all of a sudden games go by but 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 certainly he I think I think he scored a 10 11 12 goals he had a nice a nice year for his first opportunity to play in the National Hockey League and he He's big and he's strong and he's powerful. He's got a, he's got a weapon, and he's a pro. He's in the gym. He competes on and off the ice. How do you anticipate the negotiations with with Dylan oh, and Mantha? I mean, they're both looking forward to it. They no. don't seem a problem. When I've no. talked to them about it. Uh, you know, in, in Anthony C, maybe a special case. Still trying to figure that one out in my own mind. But. Uh, uh, you're not anticipating any kind of difficulty during this process of signing some of your younger players. Well, I'm going to come back. We started an hour ago. Right. Okay. And we, you and I talked about team-friendly contracts and player-friendly contracts. Right. I don't think we're going to get a player-friendly contract, and I don't think we're going to get a team-friendly contract. we got to find a solution right. that's going to work for both sides, because if it's a player-friendly contract, it's not good for the team, and if it's a team-friendly contract... It's not good for the player and ultimately might not be good for the team. So we've got to find, you know, when you go into a negotiation art, um, when a player's arbitration eligible, obviously we know which, which players based upon the criteria that, 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 that's uh, put forth by, by everybody. We know which players are arbitration eligible and both sides can kind of hone in and we pick the ones that are favor us, they pick the ones that favor them, and we work our way to a solution, whether it's a negotiated solution or it's got to go before an arbitrator and he's got to make a decision. Right. When it, when it comes to these players that don't have arbitration, it's about trying to find as many players as you can of similar age, similar ability, similar potential, similar impact on their team, and, and then try to find a solution that that based upon all those comparables, it's not like we just I just sit here in a room and all of a sudden say, "Boy, that feels good." <laughs> I mean, you know, that's not no, that's I not how we negotiate. It's it's based upon comparables. It's based it's based upon you know, and and, and not a comparable or two. The more comparables, the better. Right. The, the more comparables, the better. So you know, we we're doing I. Once you start to get to January, February, I, I, there's no doubt that the player and his agent or the agent behind the scenes are starting to do their work. They're starting to do their work and we're starting to do our work. And, and you eventually when you get into May and June and sometimes it's July and August and unfortunately it might be September and October. Right. <laughs> but, but you eventually work your way to a contract that you think um, – from your perspective, from the club's perspective, is 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 makes makes sense. Makes sense, and it's fair. Yes, yeah, it's fair. It's fair yeah. for both sides. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No, so I, like I said, yeah, I, I I don't want to do a player-friendly contract. I don't want to do a team-friendly contract. Right. I'm hoping to find a bunch of comparables that that it's that it's that it's that, that when somebody looks at the contract, they can say, you know what, that's fair. That's right. it's you know it's fair. It looks pretty. Looks pretty good. Looks, right. it's, it's nice for the player. It's nice for the team. Uh, unrestricted free agency. 
Uh, you, I know you have a few of them. Mike Green has said he likes it here. Yep. He is a puck-moving defenseman. Not many in yes. right now on the team. Uh, do you, I mean, I guess he could actually be signed, I guess, before he hits on restricted free agency because he's still Red Wing property. Yeah, yeah. But are you anticipating? Well, here, here's my, my green. Uh, you know, obviously we signed Mike Green three years ago for what you said, and I think that he's been everything we had hoped to be. I think he's played real well. He's, he's moved the puck. Um, and in a game that's based upon transition and, and puck-moving defensemen and puck-skating defensemen, uh, that's what he does. That's what he does. And I think, you know, he's played 20, this year, he played 22-51, I think, 23 minutes a night for us. It's a lot of minutes. That's, right. it's, it's, he's not a, he's not a 27, 28 minute, but he plays 23 minutes against the other team's top six forwards. He's, he's gifted with a great pair of legs. So, so certainly, no matter what the passport says about his age, he, he can skate. Right. He can skate. As long as you can skate, um, you're going to be able to play to some degree in the National Hockey League. So, you know, first over to business is, uh, you know, so so first thing is I would say to he played good. I, I, right. I was we, we were happy he played good, and he brings a dimension to our team that, that that's an important dimension. Uh, one of the ability to skate and, and, and move the puck and join the rush and, and, and transition you from defense to offense. Want to make sure that he's going to be healthy. Don't have any re reason to believe that that, that, that right. Surgery was successful. Surgery was successful. I believe it's going to be successful. But but around June 1st, he's going to go see the doctor. And at that point in time, I'm expecting to hear that, you know, he's been green lighted and he can start to take it to another level. And and now you can say, hey, it looks like he's going to be he's going to be uh, he's going to be healthy. Then, you know, I've had I've talked to him a little bit. Certainly he's ex he's expressed to me he likes it here. We like him. We'll sit down and talk between now and uh not now, you know, late May, early June, and we'll see what 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 happens in the entry draft. You know, what pick have we got? Uh, um, what conversations I might have uh, between now and the draft? You know, probably the month of June. Probably the month. I'm not going to really get at any of this until the month of June, until I get all more information. His health. Just kind of get get our pro scouts here in early June. And kind of look at our team and decide what we want to do, and then and then sit down and uh, we'll, we'll see if there's a fit or not. Uh, I know you're going to sign at least one unrestricted free agent, and that would be in goal. Or yes. am, am I? If, if you're Jim, right. Jimmy needs a, at least well, a more backup. than one. More than actually, if you look at our organization, other than uh, other than I mean, as we go into 18, right. 19, you got Jimmy Howard with a year to go in his contract, and then you know Crow is up. He's an unrestricted free agent. McCullum's an unrestricted free agent. Machowski, unrestricted free agent, uh, was in Toledo. He he actually he's 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 gone back to Europe now, and and obviously we traded Morazic. So uh, I would anticipate Caden Fulcher, the the goaltender that we signed, will be in Grand Rapids or one of the Grand Toledo, Toledo turning yeah. pro. You know yeah, the, right. the way we we need five five pros: two in two in Detroit, two in Grand Rapids, and one in Toledo. So that you know, if you have an, an injury in Detroit and one moves up, then one moves from Toledo to. Well, I think most teams have five goalies signed. Maybe some teams six, but five goalies signed to pro contracts. So certainly, as we sit here today, Howard and Fulcher are are, are under contract for the eighteen nineteen season. We have to sign some some goaltenders. Right. So though, so you know, maybe July first or something. If Red Wing fans, there's probably going to be an announcement. More likely, you know, maybe Mike Green. You don't know yet. Obviously, no. you just said that, but you like him. He likes being here. So it's going to be a goaltender. So, so some, some yes. goaltenders will be announced yes. this, this yeah. offseason. Yeah. yeah, we have to sign. We have to sign some goalies. Okay. Yeah. 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 And now, um, looking at, at the front office wise, John Torchetti is not coming back. Yes. Uh, 
Uh, are you planning on replacing him? Are you looking for a coach specifically to fit maybe the power play, or is that still under discussion? Um, yeah, we're, 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 Jeff does want to replace him. We do want to hire somebody. He's going to take. Jeff's obviously in another week going over to uh, the World Championships to head head up uh, Team USA at the World Championships. Obviously, there's a number of coaching positions that are open right now. Right. Um, two or three of them. Uh, obviously, one just got filled in Calgary. There's one open in Carolina. There's one open in Dallas. Um, so I think that, you know, you kind of let the dust settle a little bit. You know, Torch did a great job for us. Uh, he, um, he came in on a two-year contract. Obviously, he had a lot of experience, but with a lot of teams. And uh, when we got him, he had finished up in Minnesota uh, a little bit at, at the NHL level and at the American League level. And, and uh, um just made it. Jeff made a decision. We made a decision that uh, wanted to maybe try something different. Right. And obviously, we haven't had a lot of. We need. We got to figure out a way to be a little more successful on specialty teams. And certainly, that's been an area of focus. Even as we went into last year, I know that last year in training camp in Traverse City, you know, every day right off the bat, there was it was specialty teams every right. day for two or three days. And, and getting at it, and uh, I think it was better this year than a year ago. But certainly, we need to to, to to continue figuring out ways to to make our team even even better at specialty teams. Do you anticipate? Uh, you said something on exit day was interesting that you might even look at the front office and maybe tinker. Not so much yeah. that you were going to let people go, but yeah. it, it almost sounded like to me that we're going to add on Possibly, here. Yeah. I mean, is is that still under exploration? Yes, or? that's yeah, that's that's under exploration. I mean, I, I I guess I would say to you, are you know, since 2010, you know, when uh, Steve went to Tampa Bay, right, uh, and then 2012 and 13. And, and shortly, maybe right in around, maybe even go back to 08, 09, you know, Scotty Bowman leaves and goes to Chicago to join his uh, son Stan in Chicago. And then Steve went to Tampa Bay. And then, and then in 12 and 13, Jim Neal went to Dallas and took two or three people with him. Joe McDonnell. You know, when, when you have success, that's what happens, right? right? right and we right. had a nice run from 05 to 2013, and those people all left. And then, and then somewhere in there, you know, Jim Devolano used to live in Detroit, and then he was sort of Detroit and Toronto, and now he's now he's in Florida. Florida, right? You know, he goes to games, and he's you know, he's going to Tampa Bay games, and he sees Stevie and he's, a lot, and, he, and he's involved. But 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 you know, Ryan Martin has done a real nice job. Mm -hmm. He's developed, hired him in 05 and developed into a really good young young executive. But I've just talked about four or five people leaving us, right? And I really all we all I've done is 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 give uh, Ryan Martin more. Um, more more uh, responsibility. So certainly, I'm, I, there is an opportunity. Maybe if the right person is out there to maybe hire one more person for for. But I don't. It's not not just about going out and hiring somebody. Right, right. It's got to hire somebody that you think is going to bring the the things that you're looking for that is going to make your organization better. What would that be? Well, first off, you got to have a little experience. I mean, right. you, you, somebody that's maybe been in the general manager's chair or been an assistant manager, and and obviously uh, when when you start to when you start to put some some things on it, many of those people are already they're 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 hired and 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 they're so so let let's see what what the next six weeks brings as 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 things shake itself down. Around uh, around the industry. Well, Ken, I, I just want to tell you, as much as I love my job, uh, I'm available. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I just want you to know. Okay. Okay. I, I, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. a dark horse candidate right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, finally, say no more. Yeah, <laughs> I, I won't. I don't want to hurt my chances. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff Waschel, by his own admission, and I've known Jeff a long, long time from yeah. college, and you know, I think he's a superior coach. I really do. Um, learning curve, obviously, just as as for anybody, it's for a player, for a coach, it's a learning yes. curve when you get to the best league in the world. He's come a long way. He says he has. I know he's in the last year of his deal. No qualms about him whatsoever. He is doing exactly what you want him to do. Yeah, I think you you said it all there. I think that that um, it's the learning curve, and 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 he, you know, he was. In Indianapolis, I believe, and I think he won a championship. And then somewhere he ends up, he goes to college, and he ends up at Western Michigan. And he turns that program around and or takes it to another level. And they, they become sort of tournament eligible. And then, and, then, and then he spends a year under Mike Babcock's staff. And then uh, the job comes open in Grand Rapids, and I offered it to him. And he said, yep, I want to go down there. And in three years down there, he was a uh, Calder Cup champion. He was a coach of the year selected by his right. peers. I think every year they went to at least the second round of the playoffs. A lot of young players that we had developed, and they worked their way up here. And when Mike Babcock left, I think it was a, it was a natural, given his career, that he become the head coach for the Detroit Red Wings. Now, at the same time, unfortunately for Jeff, some of those pieces are, you know, in the, in the last year or two, you know, Pavel Datsuk's gone, he's left right. the team. He's gone back to Russia. And Father Time's banged away on three or four of those people that are still on the team that are they're still good players but but obviously the team is in transition a little bit and he's 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 at he's at the wheel of a team that's that's been a little bit in transition and I think that that I think that you know when you first get to the NHL um, and things that you believe are going to work well you find out some work and some don't right. work and it's that learning curve that trial and error of of, of, of coaching in the NHL and coaching players on an everyday basis. I think when we hired him, I think he was the second youngest coach in the National Hockey League, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Not sure where he is today, but at the time. He's now still relatively young in, in the coaching industry, and he's got three years of experience under his belt. And I think that we're going to take advantage of, 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 of that, uh, that experience. And I think... Uh, um, he's had success at, every, at, at, at all levels. And I think, again, I think that this year it's a credit to, to, to Jeff. It's a credit to Henrik Zetterberg and the, the leadership that our team, even though that we, were, we, we, had a, we were out of it, you know, out of it late February and traded Tatar away and, 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 and uh, that, that, that our team played hard right to, to, right to, right to the finish line. And I think that, uh, that uh, Jeff is a really good coach. Um, he's had success at every level. And he's a better coach today than he was when he got to the NHL three years ago, just obviously because of, of the experience of, of, of working in this league for three years. You know, as I said, and we're wrapping it up here, I've known you a long time. Uh, yeah, I'm going to use the old Jim Harbaugh line, you know, uh, enthusiasm unknown to mankind or something, but you have that for this job. Your passion, your love uh, for what you do and for the Detroit Red Wings is boundless. Yeah, I mean, I love, you know, I, I, I love the game. It's, it's not work. I've been blessed. Every day I wake up and you're doing something you love. Um, and I think because I live it every day, I understand the challenges. I understand how hard the other 30 teams are working. So it's 
they're work, we're, everybody's working hard. Everybody's putting a staff together. It's competitive. These are the best scouts in the world. These are the best coaches in the world, the best players in the world, the best management groups in the world. And it's at times, you know, they, the people shuffle around, but and, and, and maybe they move from one team to another team. But, 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 but the competition, the competition is stiff. And our goal, my goal, is to build a team here that can compete for the Stanley Cup, that's, that's, that there's a foundation of, of players, we're working at it, and the, 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 we want to be competitive, as competitive as we can be in the short term, and certainly in the long term, the goal is to be more than competitive, it's to, be, it's to get into the playoffs and one day go on a playoff run, and the ultimate, the ultimate achievement in this sport is to, to be the last team standing and win the Stanley Cup. Certainly that's, that's, that's the goal. We got some work to do, I've got some work to do, and I guess I would say to you, Art, in my mind, I really started in 2000 and whenever we lost in five games to Tampa, I think it's okay. in 16, seven, seven game series in 15 and then six game, you know, so for the last couple of years and, you know, we've just talked, some of these pieces are, are on the team. Um, some aren't far away. They, they're, 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 they're coming. Um, we're working our way towards some contract flexibility. Certainly, we've got some people that got some contracts, but it's not a ton of contracts. It's one and lots of one and two year deals. Some of the players we might bring back, some of the players won't be back, and and they're they're going to be replaced by younger people. And somewhere along the line, maybe we'll have some cap flexibility. And uh, much like two thousand nine, when. Uh, Marion Hosa decided, or 2008 when Marion Hosa decided he wanted to come join the Detroit Red Wings, or 2001 when uh, uh, Dominic Hasek decided he wanted to come to join the Red Wings. Now there wasn't a cap in 01, but certainly we had a high budget, you know, we, but, but you were able to, but because you had a good program, you built a good program, you had some pieces, somebody wanted to come join you. We're trying to build a team like that so that, that we're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to be good, we're going to be competitive, we want to be elite, and somewhere along the line, you know, you want a player or two that wants to come join you, and, and we want to have the cap flexibility to be able to, to jump in and, and, and bring that guy on board. My favorite, and this is it, the, my favorite quote that you've given me, I don't know how many years ago you said, look, if something big and major is going on in the National Hockey League and I, Ken Holland, don't know about it, then I'm not doing my job. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, which means then you're doing it every yeah. single yeah. day, 24-7, yeah. 365. It just doesn't Yeah, and I guess, Art, I would say, you know, I understand. I've lived here in Detroit since 1994. I've been with the Red Wings since 1983. I understand the disappointment that we're not better than what we are and, and the frustrations of the fans. And it's up to, to, to me and my people to make the decisions that in the next little while is going to to create some excitement to create some hope that that we're on the right that we're on the right path and I, I that's the challenge that uh, that I understand on an everyday basis and uh, I'm excited about the challenge the opportunity and we're going to get there well, I'm excited too Ken Ken thanks for being on the red and white authority thanks. thanks for being a guest I appreciate it I always enjoy talking to you best of luck thanks sir